I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And this is Radio vs. the Martians. actually made a really big decision over the last month, hmm. and it's one that has no impact on either of your lives. Oh, goody. Well, I should probably introduce you guys first, though. Um, you know, me and Casey, we're kind of a given, but joining yeah. us for this fun size episode, Mr. Sam Mulvey. Hi. Hey, Sam. I'm pretty sure they know who I am now. Yeah, you've been on quite a few times. Sam Mulvey, Ask an Atheist radio program. Yep. So, uh... I keep having problems with my microphone, and this is my fucking studio, so you See, think I'd get it. You're just fucking ruining everything. This is my, it's my fucking studio. God damn it! Do it live! <laughs> so, this decision I'm talking about, we'll fix it in post. All right. um, no, we won't. No. no. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> we, ever gets fixed in no, post. No, we won't. Is that I finally decided that I actually want to buy a current-gen video game console. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. You're gonna, you're gonna join the unwashed peasant masses, console peasant masses. Has it been like two years since these have come out, or is it like a year? 2013, I think, is when the X-Bone hit. Yeah, a couple years now. Yeah. So, I, there's been nothing up to this point that's made me want to buy one of them. I've, I have an Xbox 360, and... But, um, you, but Mike, you stopped playing because you had problems with your hand, right? Like you, Yeah, yeah I, you, I, I fucked up my wrist a couple years ago, and I really have to get back to playing which, GTA which 5. Is, that's truly a nerd's problem. You're yeah. like, I would love to play all these video games, but my tendonitis. It's been so long since I fired up my Xbox 360 that I'd probably have to plan like a week in advance to play Bioshock again, just because Xbox is going to want to replace the operating system something like three times. <laughs> oh, God, it doesn't <laughs> it, last constantly. Time I, yeah, last, last time I fired it up, I think the most recent Windows was Vista or something like that. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a long the, delay. Jimmy Carter was president then, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I got myself to start long playing... Fallout New Vegas. I had to do a oh, couple yeah. of those updates, Sam, when I started it up because I hadn't played in like a year. I, I I fucked up my wrist, and actually the thing about it is that I the doctor gave me this thing for my arm that made me look like I had a lobster claw. <laughs> and oh, is it one of those things that that, that covers two fingers and yeah, it was this over my thumb, so it's like I had yeah. a paw, and yeah. it made my thumb as big. As the rest of my hand combined. Edward dildo hands. So, pretty much. You have no idea how many things you need two hands for. And I got really... Having broken my hand. No, I actually have an idea. And working in retail, you know, having to open a plastic bag with just one hand, that's a task. And I got good at that over the course of like a month. Did you have to blister pack? A blister pack? Oh, no. Nothing quite that bad. That is torture. So I feel bad for anybody who has a legitimate hand problem, like, say, a missing thumb, where there wasn't the hope of this just going away, where this was just a minor annoyance. But it was amazing that I had kind of two eras of my fucked up wrist. The first one (laughs) was the store-bought brace that I put on it that looks like a fingerless glove that somebody from the Warriors would wear. (laughs) Oh, it's just the one that makes it look like you're about to go bowling. Yes. Like somebody who's really into bowling. You were you were look like an extra in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, it yes. looked like I was gonna like dip it in glue and put some screws and uh, it was like the beginning of Rambo Three. <laughs> I was gonna get into some underground fighting. So that was Go ahead. 
And then I went to a doctor, and that's where they gave me the lobster claw, where mm. it looked like I was a fucking Borg. <laughs> I had useless gadget on my right hand, and I had a left hand. Shit, I could, we could have put a blinking LED on it just to complete the look. I totally should have. Yeah. Um, I might have gotten more sympathy, but that's the weird part, is the change from the fingerless glove brace to... The lobster claw was night and day when it came to dealing with customers and retail hmm. because nobody cares as long as you're wearing something that looks ostensibly like a glove. Nobody asks you how your game was? No. No, okay. nobody gives a shit about that anyways. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a rhetorical sympathetic question, even <laughs> yeah. if you get it. The uh, other one, uh, when I had this lobster claw one, suddenly I got sympathy and I wasn't prepared for it because it was sympathy that completely outstripped the level of sympathy that was required for a tendonitis. Sympathy's a real hard thing to deal with, isn't it? It is. I hate sympathy. I, I mean, I appreciate it, but I hate it while it's happening. Yeah. So this is what makes it difficult for me to comprehend the type of people who say, oh, I don't know, get uh, handicap parking spot uh, placards and they don't actually use them, or people who walk with blind canes and they're clearly not blind. Oh, um, like sympathy animals that yes. aren't actually necessary for anything other than... You can tell they're abusing that yes. system in some way. I, I mean, Got somebody in mind. I mean, per- perhaps... Oh, hundreds of people. <laughs> perhaps I have more of a Horatio Alger sentiment to my own, my own competence in the world, is that I would like people to perceive me as, you know adequately competent and can take care of my own shit and yeah for to have undue sympathy is a little bit wounds my pride a little bit yeah on the flip side i cannot understand people who um would would like to abuse the the institutions that we have uh to you know help people who legitimately need help because it makes their lives slightly easier yeah yeah, they take a dog on the bus that is not a service animal in any way and you know it's people who I don't get ge- it. there are people who genuinely need this sure, stuff sure and i kind of get angry knowing that there's somebody who doesn't need it but you know feels like they cheapen the whole thing and then somebody comes on who does need it and you're going to have service uh, workers like bus drivers and stuff and and staff that don't treat it as seriously as it should because there's other people cheapening it that's pretty far down on my shit list I mean, <laughs> but uh, anyways, as far as fake, fake sympathy that I got, well, no. it was legitimate sympathy. It's real sympathy, yeah. but, it, 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 but it's it's not alienating. It's not even misdirected. It's it's directed. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that somebody is treating me like a person in that moment, but it's it's weird when the 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 tone of it comes across as you're so brave, <laughs> oh, so brave. Yeah. It's like I have a I have a strained thumb here. <laughs> Do you remember when a face exploded? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, oh, wow. Good, you're good, good for pulling through. And I'm like, I, what? Am I going to sw- swap bodies with somebody? <laughs> and everybody's being so sympathetic. And it's, I just, you don't so, know what to s- do. Sam, we'll take your face off. Oh. Take his face off. No, does that mean I get to be Nick Cage? His face off. Um, oh. The penises, difference in penises would have been thrown that whole story <laughs> out of whack. Anyway. And then finally, somebody, uh, my, my upper lip had puffed up and split and then finally somebody uh came in and said sam it's really good to see you keeping a stiff upper lip about this <laughs> oh <laughs> and i prefer that it made my fucking day see that's the thing i've i've known people who've had disabilities who hate being treated with kid gloves yeah yeah and that i i have a friend who is quadriplegic and i remember him posting on facebook about this once when occasionally somebody just throws something in his direction expecting him to catch it and go, oh my god i'm sorry i forgot and then on one level, it's kind of like, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's things like that that, especially oh, because I don't have yeah. anything. I've never had anything 
even in the ballpark of that. I mean, this right. was an annoyance that made my job less convenient. And it was already, it's not like I'm an air traffic controller. I mean, I work in retail. <laughs> so my job is not There's a not pile hard. of corpses behind your mistakes, Mike. A yeah. pile of corpses. You know, so that's... Your cue from Breaking Bad. I, oh, I Wow. Am. So, yeah, I'm looking at this and uh, getting back to my initial decision. Oh, right. Where were we? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> we were I, talking about video games at some point. Yeah. We did a weird, windy path. But... I just actually decided I wanted one of these, and the the reason that I decided I wanted a console in the first place was the trailer release for Fallout 4. Oh. Uh, so, that, um, keep us in suspense no longer. Uh, what system are you opting for? That's the thing. is, oh. And this is the thing I think will be a little bit controversial, is that I don't think there's that big of a difference between the PS systems, the PlayStation, or the Xbox systems. Not really. I mean, there's. <gasps> I know there's people who make such a big deal out of, you Mike, know, technical... Mike, you're so, so brave there's, for saying <laughs> so brave. No. There's these spec differences, I think, between them, but to me, those me things aren't really up. that important. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that the legit differences are, are exclusives. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I think that, and those are really few and far between now because you kind of do need to release on every system. If you're going to spend $100 million or $50 million making a game, you need to release on both of them. Yeah. And mo- the development tools that people are using, you know, like the Unity Engine or Unreal Engine, um, these are, they- they're developed to make it so you can um, modify them and release them for PC, for, the con- for all of the consoles equally. I- I'm pretty sure Wii U gets... Is, is the outlier They, they there, must have but... some, because that's the real decision, I think, is it's Nintendo and the non-Nintendo ones. Right. In terms of exclusives, is sure. I'm not going to get to play Mario Kart right. on these new systems, and I think that's a real shame. I've got to tell you about this, because we, we if we're, we're returning back to our Nintendo panel, and we were talking about this place that we find us in where we all love Nintendo, and we all kind of in our highest ideal of ourselves, would love to have owned every single Nintendo console and still be playing them now yeah. on a Wii U, but we don't because we we're just we just don't see the utility of it right now. In the uh, I, oh, but I was I was I was playing the Dolphin emulator today with my son, my two and a half year old son, and we were playing Mario Sunshine um, from the GameCube, which looks amazing by the way when you can um, play a game that was created for SD and I was playing it in 1080p which was pretty fucking awesome um, and I got the realization where I was like this is incredibly sophisticated this game um, was technically sophisticated for coming out in 2000 2000 or whatever it was yeah late, it was late a, 90s certainly it was a really good game it's got a fucking jetpack in it like you play as a jetpack it's got a great mechanic to it but it's kitty and I realized that 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 it being kitty was the probably the biggest reason after a certain age that I was like I don't care too much about you Nintendo stuff because it's it's still kitty it feels kitty and I want some I want a real fucking game you yeah. know I I like the quirky stuff that uh, I those do kitty games do and yeah, so I, do. Never... I, I now I do but I'm back yeah. then Mario never really lost its shine for me and mm. uh, ha uh, now, oh um, shine. So wait, you were doing, you were playing uh, Sunshine on um, Project Dolphin or on, yeah on Dolphin Emulator? Okay, um, and and it was actually zooming up to 1080. As, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, they they Fuck you me. can for all, for most of the games you can actually. Of course, the textures don't scale, but it plays just fine. Uh, and but I, but it gave me that realization where I was like, we should have been we should have been supporting Nintendo all along. Is what I was. What well, I, I, I kind of look at but, it in this way: is that when I have the choice between consoles, and I've been looking back at the Nintendo panel that we did, and there's right. things that I wish I had said, 
And the big one is, uh, what are the things that I really love about Nintendo as a company? Especially when I look at it, the whole range of things that you can get out of playing video games as a vocation or as just a, a piece of recreation, which is, I now have to choose between those kind of gritty adult games that I love, those open world games that I love, right. and also these colorful games and these fun games and games that really stress people being in the same room doing multiplayer together. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. I think, you know, party games is something that I actually didn't realize that I missed. And every single time, if you want to talk about what my low point would have been looking back on that episode, it's that moment every time that a new Mario Kart game is announced and they show footage. That's the low point, because every time I see it, I get so excited. But at the end, I know it's not worth just that game series mm. and the series of Smash Brothers in exchange for all those other games I have to give up. And I'm not somebody who can afford to buy two separate modern, you know, current era consoles. Right. But yeah. here's the thing, though. You say that, well, you might be you might be pulled to buying a console for Mario Kart because it's so great. And the consensus behind the true... Uh, diehard Nintendo people who are still buying the Wii U by the new consoles is is that yeah you're right one won't do it it won't take one but they usually the 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 peak of popularity of a Nintendo console comes when they've released at least one a game from each of their like flagship IPs so when there's a, also a Zelda game and also a Metroid yeah. game when that there's usually a critical mass there's a quorum of Nintendo games that come out where a lot of people say if Nintendo were to just get to this point first where they they hit them they've got a Mario Kart game they've got a Mario's type game they've got a Zelda game they've got a you know when they've hit all of the those of their core games that's when they should that's what they should launch their console with that's that's the thing about I like about Nintendo nowadays is at least they're they're given a shot. I mean, they've they they're starting to lose it to, to phones, but they had the portable gaming market cornered with a 3D weird screen. Right. You got the Wii, and then the Wii U, which I think kind of failed te- on on its technical merits. Um, who uses a resistive touchscreen? And never mind. That is um, a weird thing because it seems like it would wear out faster if it's a it touchscreen yeah. that's actually pressure based. But the thing is, they're trying. They're doing stuff. Where you, we've got the Xbox and, and and the PS4, and it's like it's a black box. It has a wireless controller. It has eight gig of RAM. It plays brown things. You right. know, <laughs> there are a lot of brown things, yes, and that seems, lots of brown things. It's a sad thing where it feels like to get colorful, wacky, whimsy. It's all on one system, and the gritty stuff is all on the other system, and I wish I didn't have to choose. If I could get a Nintendo system with their exclusives, but it was also able to play things like Fallout and Bioshock sure, on it, sure. and GTA V, I would buy that system in a heartbeat. I, I think I think Nintendo could do both. Nintendo still has a lot of money and res- they've got like nine hundred million dollar cash reserves. They could, oh, they could, they could keep their organization funded for decades. Why without- am I worrying about them? I should be hitting they, them up for money. They, yeah, they. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think they could. Yeah, with uh, I think N- the NE NXT, what's their next console? The Nintendo Next, I think is that's the code that's name for usually it. Usually, what they call it, isn't it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> next, next, I believe is the name of it. They could uh, get some really powerful hardware. Um, and try to get a game console where they can have parity with the big AAA releases that are there. Um, I I'd say AAA releases are in trouble. The whole that that whole uh, I am so sick of AAA gaming. That whole yeah. um, and uh, but but they could do it. Although console launches are very expensive. You know those companies, Sony and Microsoft, usually lose hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars because they have to undercut the price of their consoles. 
when they first launch it and they hope they can make the money on all the licensing. Um, so do they still do that? Because I'm pretty sure oh, yes, Sony do. doesn't do that. Oh yes, they do. Okay, they, they did, definitely they did. do. Nah, I don't know. What was it? What was the the meme was four hundred and ninety nine U S dollars? That was the the guy from uh, the Sony CEO well, wasn't guy. PS three like six hundred dollars when it, yeah, it was. It was like five hundred ninety nine dollars for the hardware you were getting. That actually made sense for a price because these things are not any uh, even high higher end mid range. Uh, PC is going to run circles around these things, right? Even now, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, is that an- announcing a cost like that, and they were trying to do it because they were being very conservative, um, and they were trying not to lose so much money on the a- outset. All that X- the Xbox had to do was say, "Well, we're going to come in a hundred dollars less than you, or two hundred dollars less than you." Yeah, and the, I could sort of see the price difference. And you you lost the momentum for from announcing first. Well, that's how yeah. we got the. That's how we got the PlayStation to begin with. Yeah, the uh, the price difference that I had seen before. Uh, made a little bit of sense because at least you were talking about one of these systems has a DVD player, one of these systems has sure. a Blu-ray player, but now both sure. of them have Blu-ray. Right. And in, back in the old one, I mean, I had a 360, but one of them had free online uh, membership and the other one you had to pay. Right. Now that's been erased. Those were the real differences that I could see yeah. why you would choose one over the other, even you know there was a considerable price difference sure. between the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. But I look at it now, and I don't see much difference. And I see all these comparison videos that people who are way, way more scrutinous of these things than I am are going, see, look, you can see that little bit of difference on the way the graph is moving. Well, on the point of Blu-ray players, when was the last time you watched a movie on a disc? Uh, actually, I still do watch movies on discs. Okay. Not often. I mean, mo- that's the thing. is that But most you don't of- buy Blu-rays, do you? No, no, I don't have a player there, for Blu-rays because I have an Xbox 360. There you go. But it's the sort of thing that I wouldn't have a barrier against buying them. Right, right. Yeah. But nowadays when most of the stuff is streaming anyways, yeah, yeah. I, I have a very, very different idea of, of media that I buy versus media that I stream. I have to really, really like something right. or get it cheap. Like at a, I go to a used bookstore like the one I work at and I can buy like basically a $2.50 DVD after my uh, – my employee discount. Well, if I have a D- mm. if I buy a DVD and it's something I do somewhat frequently, um, first thing I do is stick it in my computer and rip it and mm. throw it on my file server because I don't want to mm. have to. Uh, well, frankly, I'm horrible on media. I mean, all I uh, I lost all of my CDs at this point. I used to have a pretty sizable CD collection, so the move to digital formats is great. DRM kills me, which is why I have yeah. waited as yeah. much as possible. Well, but, the yeah. moving to digital formats is part of your decision for making making that choice, though, right? Yeah, I decided to go with the Xbox One. I mean, I have the Xbox 360. I guess before I could say that I'm more familiar with the controller style, even though the buttons are all there. So right. you're going with the Xbox One? I'm going with the Xbox One because huh. of an announcement that they made recently, speaking of digital, yeah, is that they're announcing kind of a background, backdoor kind of backwards compatibility. Yeah. Really? Where what I can do now is now that, of course, they have those large digital uh, libraries of older games that you can download onto your newer system. But now what you do is uh, starting, I believe, in the holidays, uh, you can put in your old games into and it will just go, boom, okay, you already own Fallout 3. You already own Bioshock 2. Once upon a time, PlayStation or Sony did that with the PSP and PS1 games, right? Oh, where you got a license that to download the digital I, version? Yeah, I distinctly remember playing Colony Wars on the PSP. I don't remember. 
Colony it's, Wars is but great. it's possible. But I mean, so the Sony's answer to this, and this this was their 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 early sort of PR victory was. Um, Here's our here's our we're better than Xbox One because Xbox One has this digital validation system for a new copy of a disc that you buy. You sure you go down to Games GameSpot and you buy it GameStop? Yeah, you knew this wasn't going to. Yeah, and but yeah. but uh, but but it meant that you couldn't ever you couldn't uh, trade it to your friends because you always owned it. And then Sony had an early PR victory when they said, you know, you can still pass a disc to your friend and they can play your game. Well, and that's what they did. How back. you share games on the PS4? It's just a guy handing yes. a game to another guy. Um, that was an early victory for them. But for uh, you know, when they announced that, unlike the first generation PS3 that was backwards compatible with two and one, mm-hmm. gen- two and one PlayStation, um, PS4 was like, no, it's a totally different architecture, and we would spend too much money trying to make it backwards compatible. So we're going to throw that out the window. Um, this is Xbox One. This is, you know, Microsoft is always late to the game, but mm. this was this is a pretty this is a pretty revolutionary idea in a um, in a market where the big players really use DRM to beat you over the head with it and force you to rebuy stuff. Normally, this is a good concession. I know? think right. so because one of the things that I always liked with backwards compatibility because I owned a PlayStation and then a PlayStation Two was that I could still play my old games. I could only still have one console hooked up to my TV. Right. And that I could sell my old console and get rid of that and still be able to play these games that I already bought. Right. So this way I can still play Bioshock if five years from now I'm like, man, I really want to replay Bioshock. That way I still have it on my system somewhere, and it's got a big enough hard drive that it sounds really good. And It just seems like a better deal. And the deciding factor, again, because... If I didn't already own all these 360 games, there'd be no real reason for me to choose one of them over the other, other than controller style. For me, it's always it always comes down to game library. Like if I were if I were to get a uh, current gen system at this point, I would probably get a PS4 for No Man's Sky. Yeah, for that's... that game specifically, because that's exactly the kind of stuff I like playing. Oh, On the other man. hand, I, I continue. It's coming out for Windows. Yeah, no, so I have no reason. The, and and this is why I don't own a console. Um, I have a 360, but it was I bought it from a neighbor for forty bucks sh- sh- solely so I could play Red Dead Redemption, and that's like <laughs> the only game that I own. Um, but um, for most of the most of the AAA releases, the ones that aren't exclusives, uh, most of the, your Halos or your Order 1886s, like the stuff where you have. Sony and Microsoft who snipes a developer and says, uh, we need some type of exclusive, so it's going to be you. Most of those AAA games come out on PC, and yeah. I spend enough money and enough time and attention to be able to like have a system that not only rivals but exceeds the performance of, oh, of most consoles. And I can still go back and play X, my original save games from the original XCOM from like 1997 because I still have it on my computer. I have no problem with backwards compatibility so i'm gonna st- i'm gonna stop belaboring the point that i clearly have yes, the superior system yeah okay <laughs> you are part of the pc master race we yes, get it yes uh, but but the the thing is, is that i recognize that people for people like mike mike you you don't care about um making your own gaming rig and you've already bought in a huge put a huge amount of money into building your library on the 360 and you deserve the chance to be able to keep playing them even if your console is only destined to live like five or six years before it dies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, I'm the, fine with that. <laughs> there's a thing that, that consoles have that uh, PCs never will, which is uniformity of hardware. Yeah. So if you have uh, 
if you have this system and a game comes out for it, you know it's going to work on that system or it's going to work as well as it will on other systems. Correct. Right. With PCs, you don't have that. And the other thing is... In, Although that's been mitigated mostly in I, You know, in I'd like to years. see Steam, the Steambox thing take off. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like, like that. to... Like a reference hardware platform. I would love to see it happening too. I just feel like they... I feel like the Windows will always have... The Windows platform will always have the edge because... They have the parity now, and they have the backwards compatibility. Yeah. And the Steam OS is you're not going to be able to go back and play, you know, the, the original Civilization uh, on up, your in, unless someone spends a lot of money and a lot of time to port it to Steam OS. Uh, up, uh, well, actually, for Steam OS, um, DOS, uh, Steam OS is an Android uh, derived operating system. Or no, no, it's no, Linux based. It's but Linux I based. But I don't know which distro. DOS it's based box. On. You can run all that crap anyway. Um, <laughs> True. I'm say, sure SteamOS will run my DOSBox. Biggest, my biggest problem with platforms, in, and the reason why I was I, I hated PC gaming up until about 2012, is I live in... Whoa, e- <laughs> that's recent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hated... I, I live in a Unix world. I uh, I was a system administrator. I've been a system administrator for 20 years. I've been a, a Linux developer for 15 I can't run Windows on my machines. I need to run some sort of Unix. And for about eight of the for eight of those years, it was a Mac. But gaming on Mac, let's be honest, sucked. Um, even at even at its apex, it was still pretty crappy. It's it's not a real platform for gaming. Right. It just isn't. So I've got this huge behemoth of a system, uh, the mothership, I call it. I mean, I should probably just rename it the Gibson at this point. It just keeps <laughs> growing and growing. Hacking and... the Gibson. Oh, you yeah. should you should name it Tetsuo then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you've seen it basically take over that whole wall. The slow the most, spherical explosion. The most recent additions are I, I bolted a... I had to finally get a liquid cooling system for my CPU because uh, it's the... Uh, uh, it's, I don't know. It's the AMD four gig eight core one, and but my, I didn't understand a word of that. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, it didn't fit in my case, so I just bolted it to the top. So my case, nice. I got this really nice Antec case with this horrible metal piece of bullshit on the top of it. But the thing is, it keeps my CPU at room temperature even while I'm hashing keys. Uh, the other thing is, um, I bought a twelve volt. The other side of that is, I bought a twelve volt black and white TV at Goodwill. And I hacked it to accept a composite video uh, thing, and I plugged it into a Raspberry Pi and then plugged the Raspberry Pi into my computer so that I have an external console in that's, case there's a boot-up problem. That's pretty cool. I can say, speaking that's as a non-computer, cool. non-technology sort of guy, a lot of Sam's technology looks like it's out of a Terry Gilliam movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should take a picture of Mothership at some point. It is pretty ridiculous looking. But, and I've got one of the Korean special monitors, which... I fucking love but sam even though you you're required by your profession to run linux there has been a a sea change in games that are developed for linux and lots of lots of the sort of kickstarted projects that are of extremely high high profile they all aren't necessarily including linux as the platform hey fuckers 64-bit kerbal i got no problem yeah yeah (laughs) so so, i mean and that, and therein lies that this is the this is the part that you know Sony and Microsoft are sort of shyly uh, getting it, trying to ingratiate themselves to indie developers, and they have yeah. there have been some successes um, with Xbox Live Arcade and PSN of being able to have another platform that's not a disc going through your re- the retail store, um, and unfortunately, as we talked about on the Nintendo panel. Nintendo has been hostile to indie developers. They don't, for some reason, they don't seem to see the benefit of it, uh, which is foolish considering the majority of the indie games are 
people who grew up on Super Nintendo and who love mm. those style of gameplay and would did eat you, that shit up. Did you guys see the 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 soup, the Nintendo PlayStation the, the oh, prototype yeah. that they uncovered? Oh yeah. Oh, that was great. I yeah, would I would love a... to see if it's actually a thing and not a not someone's really clever. Fake. I don't care. It's awesome. It's so, cool. <laughs> this is the urban legend as I've heard it mm-hmm. is that at one point Nintendo was going to finally make the jump into doing a disc-based system that they had fought that for a long time. They were always, always having their games on cartridges. Yeah. And that the rumor that I heard is they were going to team up around the time that they were moving into like the Nintendo 64 era, like the late 90s. They were going to team up with Sony to do a disc-based video system, and it was going to be the Nintendo PlayStation. And the, the story that I've heard, and it may be a complete urban legend, is that they built a, a system, and then it fell apart. Nintendo decided they did not want to do that after all, and Sony said, fuck it, we're going ahead, we're going to build this PlayStation, and ended up creating a whole new console. Yeah. I, um, I'm pretty and, and sure And a console that's... which which really did end up burying Nintendo from the number one spot. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's not uh, that's not an apocryphal story. I don't think it's apocryphal at all. Yeah, so you I, think that this Nintendo PlayStation prototype that they found is a real thing? Well, I don't know if that's real. I, we don't know if this particular prototype is, but we know there there were pictures from, I think, a trade show of that the same console. Yeah. So we know that it exists. Uh, it has photographic evidence. It's, it's kind of like the Bandai and Apple Pippin. No, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. heard about it, but nobody's mm-hmm. actually seen it. Mm-hmm. It's Kaiser Soze? Yeah, basically. <laughs> The greatest trick this console ever played <laughs> was that it convinced the world that it didn't exist. Well, here here would be the only, going back to the, your impetus for this discussion, the only snag in this plan of yours would be the stipulations about this backwards compatibility is that it required some not trivial amount of porting, basically. Yeah. So they're having to port... The for those those fans who don't know about ports, porting is the idea of you've got a you've got code that runs on one system and you need to change parts of it to help it run on another. For Xbox One, it's not exactly the same system as the Xbox 360, so they are running it out in stages of about a hundred games per release. Um, is, is the Xbox One? Do they? What architecture is it? Because I know the 360 was a cell, which is a power PC, I, which. Boggled me that Microsoft I bel- was using. A I power believe PC. it's an x86. I believe. Okay. I believe so. So back to their Xbox. Um, but don't quote me on that. I used to call it an Xbox One. What the fuck do you call it now? The original. Original one. Xbox. Uh, it's just oh, that makes it sound like a o- hamburger. OX. It is a little bit confusing because everyone called it Xbox One, yeah. and now it's not Xbox One. Yeah. It's like the fucking Rambo movies. They're just coming up with names that just confuse you about what order they're supposed to go in. <laughs> For me, it's the big noisy box, what I put all my ROMs on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was looking at that, and I'm, I know that you guys are big PC gamers over the stuff that I usually have. and You guys are really game to take a machine apart and build something to optimize the ability of the machine to play the game. Sure, right. And that's always the one thing I'm a little bit jealous about when I see how games are ported to PC, the way that they play on PC and the experience you can get through the PC versus the console. And one of them is gaming mods. Oh, yeah. So if I want to play Skyrim and turn all the dragons into Macho Man Randy Savage, (laughs) I can. (laughs) And it opens up the system so that you can have these really bizarre, interesting mix-ups. So things like Kerbal Space Program in Minecraft are possible in a way to play this on a PC so that everyone can kind of add their input and add their special things on there, and you can create your own things in a way that if I play Minecraft on a console, it's going to be incredibly limited. Yeah. And I'm always a little bit jealous of that. Yeah. But it it wouldn't take much to teach you. I mean, building PCs and tweaking shit is... 
a lot easier than it sounds. I mean, I, okay, yeah, it's pretty daunting when you look at the, the Gibson over there, but I, I'm just gluing shit to that thing. That, it, a lot of that stuff is superfluous that I don't need it. But if you want to learn how to do that, I probably don't. Podcast idea? <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast idea, possibly, right. okay. but it goes against Teaching my... Teaching Mike how to be a weenie? Yeah, it goes against my natural laziness is the problem. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's it's not that. I guess it's just a lack of, of interest, plus I love using a controller. I just cannot play I, a game with a mouse and keyboard I, to save my I life. St- I still use a controller. I use a 360 controller. Yeah, I do too. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option, but right. yeah. um, I still kind of... I like the experience of, of playing the, the console. Console experiences are fucking seamless. I, yeah. I say except for the, 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 the weird updates that you can't you can't not have them happen. That's a little annoying, I'll say. And of course, the platform is totally locked down. So if you, if something really bothers you about the experience, you are not free to change it, unfortunately. But beyond that, having a fairly seamless experience that you really don't have to tweak all that much yeah. to get to work out of the box is one of the greatest strengths of consoles. I think the apex of console gaming for me was uh, playing Earth Defense Force 2017, which was this cheap $40 killing science fiction creatures game. I love it. Uh, But when I realized I could replace its horrible soundtrack with whatever music I had on my my Mac, and I'm just like, okay, it's a video game that I like with... uh, uh, Fuck, I'll put King Crimson's Discipline on it. (laughs) Uh, Frame by frame. (laughs) Um, And uh, uh, and it's like, it doesn't get better than this. And guess what? It didn't. No. <laughs> they started well, like making that stuff insanely hard to do. Well, I, uh, I, I sympathize with it. And modding is great because you'll find that, uh, that there are some games, like I think one of them, uh, I, you know, I've loved the XCOM series. They rebooted it a couple of years ago. And uh, there's been this, uh, if you know anyone who's an aficionado, there is a mod called Long War. So they've taken a game that once you get up to speed, you can really do, you can burn through the whole game in four or five hours, maybe seven or eight hours, because it's that short of a game. They created a mod that um, basically makes, extends the life of the game by hundreds of hours essentially and it's now the pinnacle of the gaming experience and it's totally free mod that's constantly being developed and expanded and uh, and they're releasing the the company who made it for Axis are releasing the sequel XCOM 2 and they've taken ideas that have been flushed out in this mod that everyone's playing now as guidance of what uh, features they want to add for, for their Axis next has game. always been pretty cool about stuff like that well, Actually, you know what I'm playing right now? I'm, I, I've been sick the last two days. I'm going through um, two things. I'm watching YouTube videos of really ridiculous firearms that break all the time. <laughs> and then, uh, it, I don't know why. Um, and I'm, I'm playing a classic Mac game. Like, I got all this crap around me. What am I doing? I'm firing up Basilisk 2, uh, mm. which emulates a Mac Quadra. And I'm playing a game called Hidden Agendas. That sounds interesting. It's uh, You are the president of a south american junta that recently uh create um recently uh did a successful revolution and kicked out a real asshole kind of guy okay and there's communists there's there's marxists there's middle of the road folks uh christian reform and then the peace and stability party which sounds exactly like what it sounds like (laughs) um and you have to make uh, a bunch of choices like you have to run a government you talk to people and then you make decisions about policy and stuff like that and america's there and and america's kind of no america is definitely an asshole in this game because this is (laughs) this is america this is cold war america where you know south america is is where we go out back and shoot 
fucking copiers. It's right? a reliable backdrop to send Arnold in to kill people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it was, a, it was a place to get toilet paper and send Arnold. Is, um, no, I, I have to. I'm sorry about the aside. Um, are we? Is Arnold like the name Monica in that now you can't name a child or Adolf, I guess. Now that you can't name a child uh, Oprah. Uh, the, after the after this guy and not have everyone immediately associate like the famous person. He's Arnold and the all Arnolds will be uh, you know, I'll be back. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I think so to some degree. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think Arnold is just kind of a name that is associated with this hulking Austrian bodybuilder action star. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's just like uh, that I regret that my my son's middle name is Cosby now. I, 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 have, <laughs> I have some regrets. I'll just oh, put it that, that way. Oh, that has been so hard to watch. <sighs> oh, well, boy. you know, to, to be fair to Bill Cosby... You know, it. I mean, come on. You make like forty or fifty mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you commit forty or fifty just nasty over felonies, a li- over a lifetime. and everyone just turns on you. Yeah, <laughs> suddenly Jeez. you're the bad guy. Suddenly you're the bad guy. Jesus. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You Wait, only, you only commit <laughs> just as many felonies as the Green River Killer, and suddenly everyone hates you. <laughs> Can I go back to America? Can I go back to my horrible country? Uh, yeah, no. The US is, no, it's no. it's a great game. Will you extradite Bill Cosby? Uh, <laughs> I think that happens if you cozy up to the. Uh, me being me, I usually end up going to Russian the uh, Cubans and go, "Hey, uh, Cubans, um, hey, comrade." Yeah, and um, but. You yeah they they ask you to like extradite people because drugs and yeah it, it's fucking crazy. There's a DOS version, but I like the Mac version better. Hmm, hmm. fascinating. Go find uh, it. It's abandonware. It's awesome. Uh, uh, abandonware, huh? Yeah. I was lots of those Mac games are probably abandonware. Fair number. Um, coming back from Cosby. <laughs> no. <laughs> how do you, how does is there ever a comeback? Point? No, there is Where's, no comeback. So we were talking about this. Is that there is like. Uh, Mel Gibson is is we he's always the set counter example that we use is is there ever a comeback point for um, Cosby because like think about Hugh Grant there no. was a, there was a comeback point for Hugh Grant but he Hugh was, Grant he had was, consensual sex with one prostitute but it was icky right it was icky it was but, icky and that's why America quote America turned against him unquote but there was a comeback point for that right yeah he didn't have to go tap dancing mm, on now that I went he went tap dancing on Jay Leno show he also didn't but, rape like forty people yeah no. No, no, now but, that. No, okay. Yes, Cosby is the is the is the ten on the he's the ten on the Cosby scale, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm saying is that for any celebrity who falls lower than the ten on the Cosby scale, there's got to be like a it's got to be like the event horizon of a black hole, a point over which you can't come back. I, but what what do you do when you can come back? What do you have to do? I, I think I think it's not now that they, there's basically a deposition or some sort of document that says that has Bill Cosby saying. Yeah, I can't. You're, yeah, I bought drugs for the purposes of sex. The, the, right. the, this is a different world now. Right. The the first step. I didn't. It, my my, opi- <laughs> my opinion of it didn't change before we knew that because I think the uh, uh, maybe I was prejudging him perhaps, but uh, but um, merely the stigma of like this person has had a bunch of people that have came forward and said he you know he did what he did. I don't want to keep elaborating on it. It made me. It, there was a point at which it doesn't matter if they weren't if it wasn't true. Um, he's over. Like or also let's take Michael Richards. It doesn't matter if Michael Richards is or isn't actually a racist. Michael Richards' career is over. It's done with. But my question is, in what circumstances could either Michael Richards or someone like a Michael Richards, let's just say Mel Gibson, what 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 could they come back? How could they come back from? Okay, well, I think there's a two-word example we can use, and that's Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Tyson is a convicted rapist, too. But Mike Tyson also 
he clearly did time for it. He paid for what he did. He also only raped one person. Right. I mean, I'm not that that makes it okay. Right. But I think there's a, a difference between somebody who is consistent, like practically a serial rapist. Over, practically? I'm Te- technically. Th- this is this is me saying unconvicted. This You're, is me being okay. as fair yeah. to Bill Cosby as sure. I can sure. when I can say something like he almost certainly did it. I'd, several times which is 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 the expression where there's smoke there's fire a it's got to be a logical fallacy it has to be a logical it's a logical fallacy. fallacy but also i guess look at it from this perspective is that the alternative view is that there's like 40 to 50 people who are all lying at the same time right and all have consistent stories yeah. with each other and the fact that this isn't the first time we've heard this about bill cosby I think if, if Bill Cosby is ever going to come back from this, the first thing you need to do is you need to make good on what you did. You have to own up to what you did, and you need to face consequences for sure. it. And you can't skip Which, this in step. His, in his case, would be prison. Yeah. Um, and Tyson went to prison, didn't he? Tyson went to prison. Yeah. And even with Bill Cosby in the sense that you can't... I mean, some of these are past the statute of limitations. Sure. You can argue with me about, well, I personally don't think rape should have a statute of limitations, right. but... The fact that you can't convict him in criminal court for this, there's still a possibility civil of civil court. Yeah. I don't know how we landed on getting into the legality of uh, <laughs> this, but I think the first step he has to do is he has to face consequences. And he has to walk into those consequences willingly, and he has to come out on the other side. And I don't know if it's possible at this point, because he's been so nasty about this. Yeah, I don't, mm. I think, I, you know, if there were a path, for for Bill Cosby to to come back from it, that would be it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there is one. Yeah. And it's weird because among stand up comedians, uh, if you have gone into the forest and hung out with the stand up comedians, they've been like I I heard this uh this allegation about Bill Cosby six years ago. Yeah, it's this I mean, is nothing new. Yeah, and and it's just like all of a sudden suddenly everybody knows about it. Well, and, but at yeah. the time. There was nobody saying anything about it, and stand-up comedians hate each other, mm-hmm. so I just figured it was that. Well, that's the mm. other thing, too, in terms of why did it all come out all at once? Why are these people coming forward now? And I think the answer is, what was Bill Cosby's reputation? Right. Yeah. Bill Cosby wasn't just- The fall was so extreme. You yeah, know? the fall was so extreme because of this reputation, that he wasn't right. just this comic legend. You don't talk about Bill Cosby in the same way that people talk about Richard Pryor or George Carlin, who are also these legends of comedy- there was this aspect of him that was kind of like the thing that separates Oprah from Sally Jesse Raphael, <laughs> where he was like a role model and he was this figure who who changed something about the social landscape and people saw him as something more than just a funny guy. He was like America's dad. Well, right, right. Okay. He was a he was a like kind of a Muhammad Ali like figure in that he bridged the divide. Right. He transcended Similarly, the though, thing. But yeah. I want to recast this for you and I want to see what you think about it. Okay. Um. We're we're all thinking of the Cosby Show, but yeah. he also did Picture Pages. Yes, yeah. um, and Fat Albert. And Fat Albert has the world forgiven and Leonard Part Six. Has the world really forgiven <laughs> Paul Rubens? Is Pee Wee Herman? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, they're totally they have. fine. He's doing another Pee Wee Herman yeah, movie yeah. on Netflix. Is he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Does he Netflix may- count? Yeah, yes. it totally counts now. <laughs> I mean, that's right. the. I mean, Orange is the New Black. Is that on Netflix? That's a Netflix show. D- oh. Daredevil. Daredevil. Well, uh, what okay. is the name of the other one? The one that has Kevin Spacey in it. Um, oh, House, House of Cards. Of Cards. That, these are all really well thought of shows. It's now a legitimate network as yeah, far I mean, as the TV goes. The fact that they brought back Arrested Development and the Killing uh, shows that were canceled uh, and they're on the networks. Like, yeah, Netflix is definitely <laughs> oh, a force. TV series. Oh. 
not just bringing back old things from a nostalgia thing, but it's a legitimate, it's well thought of. I think it's up there with AMC and with HBO at this point in right. terms of okay. how people think of it. I'm willing so, to believe it. So looking at Cosby, why would people come forward now? Because it's safe to, because he's not this fucking guru. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to break it because do you want to be the person who tells a crowd of people who do not want to hear this? That Bill Cosby raped you. Do you really want to make that argument? That's fucking terrifying. Knowing that the majority of the population isn't going to believe you. They are going to not only not believe you, they're going to be vicious against you in a way that they wouldn't with almost anybody else. Right. Because of this reputation they have. Because there's so many people that simply don't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it. Well, well then, well, I wanted you to draw your analogy to its conclusion. So why, why, why Tyson, why was Tyson able to come back and Bill Cosby not? What, what did he do? What did he do to ingratiate himself with the public? That, was it time? I think time is a part of it, but also facing consequences. Yeah. If Bill Cosby can't just go away and give us time and come back and help us to forget it, not at this point. Well, one thing that Cosby is not able to do that Tyson um, was able to do is Tyson was able to get to a point where he could be honest and start to make fun of himself. And I think that's largely the reason. And comedians always make fun of themselves, right? That's their stock and trade. But he was a serious guy. He was a serious guy. And now he can make fun of himself. And that's why it seems different. Tyson seems very different. I think this is a thing that will never happen with Cosby. Everything I've heard about him in terms of if you just interview him, he demands you call him Mr. Cosby. He doesn't want it. He has these really weird demands that are up there with like if you're talking to like the president. Weird. Hmm. Um, He does not want jokes at his own expense he wants to know in advance what he's going to talk about and he's somebody that if you go off the script that he wants to talk about he just gets really really pissy with you and i've heard all kinds of stories about him uh just doing really shitty things to journalists who challenge him Hmm. and that is the recipe for somebody who's not going to be able to do the things that are necessary to one he's not he's never going to face up to it i mean the thing like you said sam if there was a moment where he was going to turn this around it was about a year ago yeah that's a point where he could have come and said you know i did some terrible fucking things and i want to face the consequences for this and i want to do what i can to make this right and he just clearly hasn't done that he's basically trying to move on as if nothing happened Hmm. and you know, it's kind of weird that we're getting to this point. I think we were a comedy podcast. <laughs> so, but, um, you yeah. know, they're making Hyperion into a series. Yes. 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 On That's a network. Incredible. Thank you. That's incredible. Um, I don't know. I'm scared. It's such a literary novel. Yeah. Because one, char- one of the main characters is a writer. Yeah. Who, <laughs> well, who, you have several a s- of the main yes. characters are writers. Yes. But you, you get a sample of his writing in it. You know, yeah, yeah. it's going to be difficult. It'll be difficult in the way that Watchmen is difficult, yeah. right? Take a writerly a writerly work and turn it into an, a visual so work. So there's two things that I see happening here. One of them working for it and one of them working against it. One is that the real oomph, the, the clout that's getting to push to get this thing made, is that Bradley Cooper who we know from things like uh, American Sniper, The Hangover, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy did the voice of Rocket Raccoon. Right. <laughs> He's now a, a big star. He's the one who's pushing to get this made because he is such a huge fan of mm. Hyperion, and he's been pushing for this for years. I, I think Hyperion isn't well-suited for TV. I think that's the wrong medium for it. However, I'm, I think uh, the Endymion novels, um, I don't know if you've read the whole, the yeah, whole the, series. Yeah, the four-book series. The it's four books. really good. Book three and four... That's that would make a incredibly good television series. It's mm. fucking great. And yeah. for folks who haven't read this, I cannot recommend these books high enough. It's the Hyperion Cantos, I think the official the name. The Hyperion Cantos, you can get it in all you can get it all in one book at this point, which it looks like a phone book by um, Dan Simmons. Dan Simmons. It's it's really a, good. It's a book and if you know me, 
just slightly uh, below Dune mm. in my uh, that's, estimation. Knowing you, Sam, that's actually really high praise. Yeah, yeah. I, I read, yeah. I read Hyperion. I, mean, I read Dune, reread Dune every every six months. I read Hyperion probably every year. Actually, I first came to learning about Hyperion through a coworker of mine. She had never been somebody who'd read fantasy, and she'd read a lot of sci-fi, and I'm somebody who'd read a lot of uh, fantasy, but not sci-fi. Mm. So we kind of had that opposite, and we're like, you know, I'd like to try this. And she's like, I'll recommend a series to you, you recommend a series to me. So I recommended A Song of Ice and Fire, you know, the Game of Thrones series to her, yeah. and she recommended Hyperion to me, and we both just loved the crap out of these series. It mm. was kind of fun to have a sort of cultural exchange with a coworker, and uh it's a great book. I think the thing that scares me the most with it, one is that I have, like with Watchmen, these really high expectations. And the other one is that it's being done as a sci-fi original thing. And yeah. see, that reaction right there is the reason, because we talked about how uh, Netflix is now well thought of. As far as the reputation of various cable channels, oh, sci-fi channel. They did it, the Dune miniseries. Uh, and I thought Children of Dune was better than the, the actual Dune one. They also were involved with Battlestar Galactica. If they get involved with like some like the Sky One network in the UK or some Canadian network, if it becomes a multi-network project like BSG was, mm-hmm. I got no problem. That's what I'm hoping because I mean it, that's the thing that every cable channel nowadays needs, which is their signature, critically acclaimed show. Like yeah. their Mad Men, their Walking Dead, their Orange is the New Black. They need their their Sopranos. And if you can get that show, you can build a network around it. But, AMC but, but here's the difference, though, that well, Hyperion will be different. Uh, Hyperion needs a budget. Yes. Yeah. It needs a budget. Sci-fi needs a budget. And this is the 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 biggest sticking point with sci-fi original series stuff is that while they they probably have lower budgets on average than most other cable programs, cable channels have for their uh, their own original program. Well, you know they're going to cast Antonio Banderas as Sol Weintraub. Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> The, <laughs> this is the thing that, that kind of scares me about it is that it should be Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. <laughs> yes. What just fucking terrifies me is that they. This is a network that was able to do Battlestar Galactica. Jackie they, Mason. Jackie Mason. Jackie Mason. They had their launching point for a great network they with did. Battlestar Galactica they reboot. Did. Yeah. It was the show that actually transcended their network and got people to worry about whether their cable package included the sci-fi channel. Yeah. Because yeah. people were going to download it, you know, through torrent, uh, whether they got it or not. <laughs> what and do people watch on sci-fi now? Wrestling? Is that it? I don't even think that many people watch wrestling on it. I think people watch schlocky things that used to star people who were in Xena, Warrior Princess, and uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. See, this is the sci-fi, <laughs> the sci-fi movies... Um, I have the same uh, respect for them that I do for as as a as a fan of bad film. Um, I have the same respect for them that I do uh, the asylum. It's basically the same thing. They know they're making schlock. That's the point. It's it's cheap pablum entertainment that you can put that people turn on and just don't really pay attention to and watch their. It, it's not. It's not the same thing as, uh, you know, Glenn or Glenda. It's not the same thing mm. as uh, this movie, this uh, Rift Tracks, which you absolutely must fucking see, Supersonic Man. I just bought it off Rift Tracks. Excellent. It's an Italian Superman ripoff. Oh, excellent. Uh, slightly uh, significant, maybe about a one-tenth of the budget of Puma Man. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I miss those cheap superhero knockoffs. Because Starring, it's- as the main villain... Cameron fucking Mitchell. See, I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. See, I kind of like stuff like that, and I don't understand when I look at- Dubbed. 
Oh. oh. <laughs> it's weird. Most Italian movies are dubbed. Yeah, but they yeah. dubbed Cameron Mitchell. Oh, the yeah. best bad genre films are filmed in Italy. Yeah. They're some of the best. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I look at that. So Sci-Fi Channel is capable of doing great things. I'm just worried that they're going to do the thing that's more comfortable, which is making shit. Yeah. Making schlock, making stuff that stars people that were in genre first-run syndication shows from the early 90s. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hey, I know that person from Renegade. They're, it, <laughs> they're, more, they're more likely going to make it a first-person shooter starring the Shrike than they are <laughs> yeah. uh, making it a literary thing about society. Yeah, that's science fiction about ideas. It's yeah. it's a smart sci-fi novel that is talking about the present day through the lens of talking about the future. So speaking of speculative uh, sci-fi television series, um, Michael Dorn is leading his crusade forward into uh, trying to convince, once again, Paramount to greenlight a Captain Worf series that takes place after the events of Deep Space Nine. Oh, poor Michael Dorn. Well, here's the thing. This Is, is pro- he the new Richard Hatch now? <laughs> I don't know. I will, oh, that's... Dude, oh, that, I know that, it's mean, but oh, that, remember, wow. Richard Hatch was the guy that when the Star- Battlestar Galactica reboot happened, he had for like 20 years been trying to stoke the fire of bringing back a sequel series to the old one and had absolutely no luck whatsoever. He ended up being an awesome fucking character on the reboot. I mean, yeah. that's probably the best acting he's ever done. He had a great character, and it showed. Yeah. When this guy's given good material, he is fucking great. But he was the guy basically tilting at windmills forever, and I worry that uh, we've had that reboot with Star Trek now, I, and I Paramount's think not going back. They're not going to go back because they still want to keep a billion billion dollar global box office per movie, and they don't want to jeopardize that. But I mean, I'll I'll say that Michael Dorn has this on his side is that he uh, he clearly has a legion of hundreds of millions of of people yeah. who who are a potential audience, and so. A Netflix could do it. It's just that it now the decision rests in the hands of executives at Paramount who do not want to let it go. We live in a post-Marvel cinema universe now. Why can't they have both timelines? Because they can only production. They can only put one thing on their Star Trek memorabilia. They, yeah, the true. novels are really written for Can the they? hardcore fans, but anything that they're doing with, say, Star Trek t-shirts and stuff like that is going to be all new stuff. That's why you notice that they re-release the older movies. They have the classic Star Trek font logo on yeah. it now because yeah. that's how they're marketing the entire line, and they're not going to want to confuse people. And that's how they see it is confusing people. Well, maybe we can get them a show about aviation instead. I'd watch that in a minute. So, you know, if Michael Dorn wants to be the villain of the next Star Trek movie, they would get, take him in a heartbeat because that kind yeah. of nostalgia stuff is exactly what they want. Yeah, agreed. So we should probably end things there. Sure. We took a weird turn on this one, didn't we? Uh, the summary is here is that uh, Bill Cosby can never come back. Mike, you're going to buy Michael a- Dorn has a much better chance of coming back than Bill Cosby. <laughs> and you're going to buy an Xbox One. That's yes. Creepy. Congratulations. And I'm very brave for having a messed up thumb. So brave. And I'm, I glue weird things to my computer. <laughs> All right. Thank you, folks. Bye-bye. We'll catch you later. Radio vs. the Martians is produced by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. Our editor was Mike Gillis. Our theme music was written and performed by Todd Maxfield Matsumoto. Find us online at RadioVersusTheMartians.com and send us your feedback at info at RadioVersusTheMartians.com.
Bill Cosby, the richest man in show business, $67.5 million income last year, reduced to holding a Coca-Cola bottle next to his face in order to get a picture made at Columbia. He ought to be ashamed of himself. Boy, you're upset. And you know I am, too. <laughs> no, it's, I am, too, because this man can be funny. Yes. All right. You, you said he's prostituted himself. I say he's... I say the fact is, he's disappointed his yes. legion yes, of fans. There will be tons of people who will go to this mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. You know, if they've seen him in Uptown Saturday Night or Let's Do It Again with Sidney Poitier mm -hmm. years ago, he was funny. Mm -hmm. Boy, if they go, well, they feel ripped off. It'll be like, you know, getting uh, some of his Jello products that he sells and finding out that there's nothing in the box. Co there's nothing in the can here. That's right. Cosby owes it to himself. Everybody knows that when you do a weekly television series, you only have a little bit of time every year to make a movie. Right. You can make a about, it's like Tom Selleck's got the same problem. You can make about one movie a year. But the plus is, you got nine months to have you and your agents look for the right script. If this is the script they found, they ought to start doing a movie every other year. <laughs> or every leap year.